0: Um Podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at Clip it TV. Hey guys, John Barchard here. You guys know how much I love to play fantasy football. So I need you to listen up because I want you to join the highest rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. You get to play in a real live snake draft but be done in under five minutes. They last just for one week. Drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can join right now for week seven. And the best part is you get to play for cold hard cash. And get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites, on all the DFS sites. Because you're always trying to figure out, okay, where should I start this guy or the value and I don't have enough money to do all that stuff? It doesn't happen on draft. You get a selection of every premium player. You just gotta be The smartest one in the room. It's a six-player snake draft. So you get in, you get out. Tournaments start from $1 to $1,000 to everything in between. Three-person drafts, six-person drafts, on and on. The options are limitless. And all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. All you have to use is promo code BGNR. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using promo code BGNR. And it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they are offering bgn radio listeners a money-back guarantee up to a hundred dollars no excuses now just search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code bgnr you're listening to bgn radio anyone that wants to doubt me i'm just it just feels a fire you know and um i'm just ready to prove anybody wrong and
1: um prove people right the people that believed in me so i'm ready ready to go As of right now, as I am recording this, it is Monday, October 30th. It is 4.10 p.m. in the afternoon. That means there are less than 24 hours until the NFL trade deadline. Aren't you excited? Maybe you shouldn't be. I mean, the, the NFL trade deadline isn't very active usually. But with that said, your Philadelphia Eagles are rumored to be very aggressive at the trade deadline this year. And why not? They're 7 and 1. They're doing well. Why not try to push the chips in? Maybe not all of the chips. Not going to trade away an entire draft class here, but maybe push the chips in and make a move that'll help this team continue on the path to the Super Bowl. There it is. I said the the S word. I'm Brandon Lee Gowden. This is today's BGN Radio Daily. It's the afternoon QB with BLG. It all rhymes there. If you're listening to this, uh, this is the only version of this podcast today. I couldn't get the Facebook Live video to work. So sorry about that, guys. If you were counting on that, you're just going to have to listen to it here as you are now. And I do thank you for joining us and listening to us. You can Uh, You know, check all of our work out at bjnradio.com. You can check out my work at com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and iTunes. But enough about that stuff. You don't want to hear about that. You want to hear about how the Philadelphia Eagles might make a trade before the deadline. Who is it going to be? Who are the Eagles going to trade for here? Is it Calvin Johnson? He was spotted on a plane headed to Philadelphia, and apparently he looks like he can still play. And there's been talk out there that the Eagles do want Calvin Johnson, who is 32 years old and retired, and who is not going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Sorry, guys, that's just not going to happen. If it does, you can play back this audio and then laugh at me. And that'll be fine, because I just really do not think the Eagles are going to get Calvin Johnson. He left the game. I just don't think that's a realistic thing at all. I think uh, it's just kind of this time of year. It's the trade deadline. There's some stories that pop out around there, kind of capitalize on the the buzz and everything, and you got to get those page views. So I think that's kind of just where all that stuff is coming from. I don't think Calvin Johnson is a Philadelphia Eagle, and look, it's not like the Eagles really need help at receiver now. I mean, any team virtually in the NFL could use Calvin Johnson. Yes, I mean, of course, he's awesome. He's great. But that doesn't solve the Eagles' problem when it comes to needing a an offensive tackle. Now, the Eagles like Big V, Halapuli, Vaitai. Seemed like he performed okay against the 49ers in his first start at left tackle since Jason Peters has gone down with a season-ending injury. But it wasn't good enough to the point where you're thinking, all right, we'll definitely stick with this guy no matter what, and we won't go look out on the trade market to see if there's anything better. Because if you can find something better, you have to go for it. And maybe it's not even the situation where you're trading for this guy like Dwayne Brown or Cordy Glenn, some of the offensive tackles rumored to be on the market. Maybe it's a situation where you're trading for a guy like Sean Trail Henderson, who I brought up uh, before here, that I think kind of makes the most sense for the Eagles. Actually played under offensive line coach Jeff Stoutland in 2010 as a true freshman at Miami, so there's some kind of connection there. We saw how that matters with Chance Wormack. But that's not an exciting move necessarily still, it would add to the Eagles' offensive tackle depth, because right now, I mean, let's face it, Big V is your starter at left tackle, and Lane Johnson is your starter at right tackle, but your top backup is the guy who got benched after two weeks, and that's Isaac Sumalo, who's really more of a guard than a tackle, so that doesn't seem ideal, and then his backup, the backup behind Sumalo is Taylor Hart, Taylor Hart, who, now look, I think Taylor Hart looked okay in the preseason, especially relative to expectations, which means that he was good for a guy who transitioned from 3-4 th- defensive tackle to, or 3-4 defensive end, rather, and 4-3 defensive tackle to an offensive tackle, so completely new at the position he changed this off-season. I thought he did fine. I thought, I think there's maybe actually some something there. There might be some kind of potential there in the, in the longer span, he's not exactly a young guy here. But you've seen some of these defensive tackles just from the former Eagles uh, move to offensive tackle in the NFL and have success. You look at Steelers' left tackle, Alejandro Villanueva. You look at the Lions' left tackle, Brian Mihalik. that That guy was actually a seventh-round pick by the Eagles in 2015, I believe. So it's not crazy that Taylor Hart could kind of eventually develop into an offensive tackle here, but you don't want him playing this season not in a season where you're thinking Super Bowl or at least making a a strong playoff run. So I think offensive tackle is a position to watch, and again, Chantrell Henderson is the name that I would keep an eye on. I don't think the Eagles go after a big money guy because that's kind of complicated there. The Eagles already are in a situation where they have about five or six million dollars in cap space this year, 2017. It's not like they need that for this year. You're not really going out to make any kind of major big money moves at this point, especially halfway through the season. But you can use that money to roll over to the next offseason and then re-sign some of those players. And guess what? those are going to need it because right now, next year, they only have about five or six million projected in cap space. And that ranks Third fewest in the NFL. There are only two teams who will have less cap space next offseason as of right now. Now, the Eagles can make some cuts. Uh, This will probably be Brent Selig's last year, the team. So they're going to be able to free up some money to pay these guys. But you can't just blow all of what you have this year. And then expect to be able to keep guys next year such as Alshon Jeffrey and such as Tim Jernigan and such as Nigel Bradham. Even Patrick Robinson's a free agent. So there's a lot of guys you're going to have to make decisions on after this season. And I know, again, the thought this year, the mentality is thinking about this year in Super Bowl. So you might have to be somewhat flexible with that. I'm not saying you can't give up any of the cap space that you have this year. Especially if the move really pushes the team forward this season and it makes sense and gives you a better chance at the Super Bowl, I mean you have to go in at that point. But if you're just trading for an offensive tackle who, you know, isn't a surefire upgrade over big V, or maybe he is, but he's just making a ton of money and he kinda of blows all your cap space. To me, I just don't see that as realistic. It's not even a preference thing. I mean, I obviously wouldn't prefer it. I just can't see them doing it. I just I don't think that's how Harry Roseman is operating with this trade deadline coming up now there are some other positions of interest maybe they add a linebacker jordan hicks is still on the 53-man roster as i am recording this right now they still have to put him on the injured reserve list so we'll see how that goes they'll they'll have a roster spot at that point maybe that's what the eagles are waiting for and why they haven't placed him on ir as of this recording so far maybe they're going to use that roster spot on a guy they trade for which would be interesting so maybe it's a linebacker Uh, I don't think Joe Walker is really looking good enough to have a ton of confidence in him. You still have Michael Kendricks, though, and Nigel Bradham, so I don't really know that you're trading for a guy who might take playing time away from them because those guys are are playing really well, and you don't want to kind of disrupt the chemistry or take them off the field. So that's something to consider. Running back, that's an interesting one still here because... Wendell Smallwood barely played on Sunday, which was weird to me. I mean, he only had one carry and one reception. He, I don't even think he played in the entire first half. That is that's strange. I know Smallwood has been banged up with a knee injury this year, but even so, he wasn't on the final injury report, and he was a full participant in practice leading up to the 49ers game. So if there was an injury situation there, it really wasn't communicated to the outside world. I don't know what that was all about. Kenyon Barner had more receptions than him. That shouldn't happen. And I'm fine with Kenyon Barner. I'm probably more fine than a lot of people are. More so as a returner. I think, you know, he's not elite there either. And there's been some head-scratching returns or kind of just makes you nervous with the fumble he's had. But still, I mean, he can do some things there. That's my point. In any case, you don't want him taking a bunch of snaps with the running backs on offense. Um... You have LeGarrette Blunt who you know, at his best, LeGarrette Blunt has been good for this team this year, but there's times when he's not effective. You saw it against the 49ers. He wasn't really getting anything done, had about a 3.0 yards per carry or so, just wasn't really providing much of a threat. Now, in fairness to LeGarrette Blunt, the blocking wasn't that great. I think that's one thing, going back to Big V, that's a concern with this team. The the run blocking just is not as good with Jason Peters out there. And I think the offensive line as a whole just didn't play well against the 49ers. And that wasn't all Big V's fault. I'm not trying to blame it all on him because you look at Lane Johnson and he didn't have a great game. And and, so, and that doesn't, you know, the Big V being in there and Jason Peters being out shouldn't affect how Lane Johnson is playing on the, the entire opposite side of the line there. Um, so maybe running back... And speaking of the blocking, maybe that's something they try to go after a, a running back who's better in pass protection. You saw Zach Berman from the Inquirer mention today that Frank Gore is a guy that he kind of suggested he threw out there. I don't know if he's actually hearing anything on that kind of just sound. Maybe he knows something. I don't know. In any case, he threw that out there. Former Eagle Eagles legend Frank Gore. Wouldn't that be hilarious too if he returned? I We need that to happen. That would be incredible. Frank Gore comes back to Philadelphia where he built such a legacy for for being with this team that whole one day he was here unofficially, not even actually officially an Eagle, before he actually decided to join with the Colts because he didn't want to play for Chip Kelly. Uh, That would be awesome, and it would be funny. I don't know if it would be a great football move. I mean, he's 34, I think, now. He's really not a threat as a runner, Although I'm sure playing behind the Colts' offensive line and on that team with no quarterback or at least no great quarterback there, I'm sure that doesn't help him. But maybe you trade for a guy like a Frank Gore in, in terms of a guy who uh, can pass protect because if the offensive line is going to need that extra help and you're going to have to keep someone in, I mean, you might as well get a guy who can do that. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a game like it was against. The 49ers excuse me um it's absolutely something to think about there now notice how he did not say wide receiver on that list I mean you have Alshon Jeffrey here who hey he had his Alshon moment against the 49ers that was awesome to see hopefully they can do that more and Wentz had him on a touchdown too he just Carson overthrew him That's the second time now this year, at least the second time, that we've seen Alshon open for a touchdown and Carson just didn't hit him. I think that's kind of an underrated thing this year. I know Alshon hasn't had the numbers everyone has wanted to see. But it's not all his fault. I mean, if he hits some of those plays, I think we're looking at his season a little differently because the first one was a deep bomb against the Giants. This one was uh, a a fairly medium-range touchdown. So that's, that's just a thought I've had in my head. But back to the trade deadline. Um, you never know with this team, with Howie Roseman as general manager, well, effectively general manager of this football team, he makes more trades than any other team. I say this all the time. sound like a broken record, but it's true. I mean, that think about that. That's crazy. The next closest team, if you double their trades, That's what it takes to get to the amount of trades Howie Roseman has made since taking over in 2010. Howie is a guy who works the phones, and you can never rule anything out with him. And now, while I've been a critic of Howie Roseman, I have to give him credit when it comes to the trades because I don't really think there's an obvious trade that stands out that he's made, at least if we're talking recently, not so much earlier in his tenure. That has been really bad for the Eagles. I was thinking about it, and I can't really think of one. I think the Allen Barber one would come to mind first, but from what I gather, he's not really playing that well in Denver. And I don't even think, th- I think he's kind of in a rotation. They're not even starting him full-time. And you got a seventh for him. I mean, it's not great, no, but uh, Wuzniewski's been playing well for the Eagles, so it's not like you're totally missing him. And the other thing with the barber thing is, you saved about, I think it was two or three million in cap space, and that's money that they can use to re-sign Alshon or, or re-sign Timmy Jernigan or re-sign Nigel Bradham next off-season. So there was a kind of a long-term thinking with that trade. So overall, I, I don't think Harry Roseman has done a lot lately, at least, to kind of be skeptical of making a deal. I, I think I, I trust him when he when he does make a deal. I mean, you look at the Sam Bradford trade, and now I'm not saying the Eagles are going to be pull, be able to pull off something like that ever again, maybe, or at least regularly, where you get a first-round pick for a player who, quite frankly, isn't very great and has concerns, as we were seeing, with injury and injury history. But maybe the Eagles can kind of swing something here, Make a deal. I would love to see them be aggressive. Again, you're not giving up your whole draft. You're not giving up. You're probably not giving up a first round pick. There's. I don't really know what player would even be available where that would really be worth it for this team. But the Eagles have three fourth round picks. They have two fifth round picks. They don't have a seventh, but they have a pick in uh, every other round except day two. So that they have a first. They have three-fourths, they have two-fifths, and then they have a sixth. They do not have a a second or third-round pick this year because of the Carson Wentz trade and because of the Ronald Darby trade. So that's something to consider and kind of hurts their ability to really make a deal here. But again, three-fourths, I mean, there has to be something they can do with that. Um, You're not getting a superstar talent necessarily, but that's not what this is about. This is adding another piece, even if it's a depth guy, just to add depth to this team Right now, because it matters. It matters that the Eagles are 7-1 and one and on top of the NFL, and more importantly, on top of the NFC and the NFC East, the path is there for this Eagles team to get to the one seed. They have some tough games coming up in their schedule with Seattle, and you play in Los Angeles back-to-back. Then you have to go to New York, and the Giants are not looking good, by any means, but they'll want to play, spoiler So there's some tough... I mean, you still have to play Dallas twice, this Broncos game, which we'll talk a little more about in a bit. Uh, You know, they still have a tough defense for for the most part. So I'm not saying it's like a cakewalk to the end here. But you look at these games, and especially when Carson Wentz is playing at his best, you don't look at any of these games and say, all right, that's an automatic loss. I mean, even Seattle, which I would say is probably the closest to an automatic loss, Deshaun Watson went in there and almost beat them. And Deshaun Watson is playing great this season. So th- I'm not trying to take anything away from him for, by any means. But Carson Wentz is right up there and might be even better at his best, or at least they're close. So maybe Carson Wentz can go in there and get something done. And if that's the case, you're on the way to the one seed, and that that's what makes it important now to, to get a potential piece for this team to help them contend. Now, of course, as you're probably listening to this, I imagine the Eagles have might have made a big trade or done something, uh, or maybe you're listening to it after the deadline, and all, all this is irrelevant. Hopefully, none of that is the case, unless it's, they make some kind of awesome deal here. But um, some other things to talk about today. Again, the Eagles are seven and one, and you know they have an opportunity here to go to eight and one because the Broncos do not look great. And again, I want to make sure that you know I'm recording this before their Monday night football game tonight against the Chiefs because watch me say they don't look great and then they'll go out and and blow out the Chiefs somehow. But I don't think so because this Broncos team to me just doesn't seem all that great. The quarterback situation is so bad that they're calling for Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly, the last pick in the 2017 NFL Draft. The very, very last pick. Mr. Irrelevant, as they say as they call him, he is. they're calling for him to start. I mean, come on. Things are are so bad there. Quarterback situation is bad. The defense still has talent, so I'm not saying uh, it's going to be a breeze here. They'll give the Eagles a fight, I'm sure. But um, we'll see how that goes this week. We'll have more coverage of that game with our preview shows, so stay tuned to those. I don't want to get into it too much. But point being that the Eagles are 7-1. They have a real shot here to go 8-1 and one with the bye coming up in Week 10 after this week's game. So you get rest. And then it's the Cowboys in Dallas. So one game at a time, of course, we'll take it as it comes there. But for now, the Eagles are sitting pretty, and it, it's a good time to be an Eagles fan. It really is. You're, the team is winning. Carson Wentz is playing well. Yes, they've had some injuries, but this team doesn't collapse. This team doesn't fold. I know they played not the perfect game against the 49ers and they have some things to work on but overall I still feel good about this team coming out of that game because look they got they went in there and it wasn't pretty but they got the job done and they're seven and one and that's all that really matters you play the Broncos this week you fix some of those mistakes you try to clean things up you get to eight and one again you're you're in such great shape so uh, a couple other quick things wanted to mention. Sounds like the Eagles might be playing in London in the future. Maybe as soon as next year. Uh, ESPN's Tim McManus is saying that the NFL UK managing director told ESPN that the desire is to bring the final six teams who have not played in London overseas next season. And the Eagles are one of those teams that haven't played in London yet. So that would be weird. Um, I know everyone is going to be super upset if that takes away one of the Eagles' home games. Uh, Hopefully... That does not happen because that would be terrible. Um, It sounds like a road game might be taken away for the Eagles based on this ESPN report. So if that's the case, that would actually be better because then one of their games, they don't have to play in the road. They play on a neutral field. So that's a a nice little factor there. That's one of the bonuses of playing overseas. Personally, uh, I know we have a lot of great UK fans, so I would love that for them. Uh, I know you guys listen loyally, and you guys are awesome. We have the BGN Radio UK Facebook page; you can check that out. So that would be awesome for you guys to go see that. I know one of our writers at BGN, Johnny Page, lives overseas. So if the Eagles do over, go do go to London, hopefully it is a road game for them, and hopefully that you guys get a, a chance to see them because that would be pretty cool. Hope that happens for the sake of you guys. Um. I didn't record a podcast last week. Things kind of just got jumbled up with the whole uh, Monday Night Football. You know, I usually record on Mondays, as I am right now today, and that screwed everything up. I was going to go on Tuesday, but it just didn't really work it out there. So, sorry about that, guys. I'm back today. Again, I'm not on Facebook, so if you were wondering, that, if you usually do watch on Facebook and you didn't see it today and you're wondering what happened... Again, I just I tried to do it, and the video wasn't connecting. So I figured, I'm just gonna have to do it here, and we're doing it right now. I was actually out today. I was out at the NRG charity game. It was at the Eagles' practice bubble in their facility. There, we didn't win, but we got coached by former Eagles offensive lineman Todd Hermans, and it was great to see him. Uh, had a lot of fun. Caught a touchdown. Had an interception. Threw a touchdown. Don't mean to brag here, but you know, clearly the MVP of my team, at least. Uh, it was a good group of people. Always a fun time. Great to raise money for charity. Uh, raise some some money for Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. So, awesome. Awesome opportunity. Thanks to NRG for setting all that up every year. It's really a, lo- a lot of fun. Um, so, that's really cool. Um, but one of the things that I missed last week that I didn't get to, and of course, he's tweeting at me every Monday. He makes sure he doesn't forget it's our good friend mr. Stephen Lee that's Stephen with a pH underscore Lee 20 on the twitter.com he gave me three over and unders for last week's podcast that still hold up for this week's episode because they' are season numbers they're not they don't have to do with the game and there are three as usual so we'll go through them all starting with number one Carson Wentz 34 passing touchdowns on the season. Over under 34 passing touchdowns for Carson Wentz. As of right now, as, as after the first eight Eagles games, Carson Wentz has 19 passing touchdowns. So he's on pace to throw 38 if you just double his current total since there are eight games left. But I don't know. That's a little tough. I know Carson's been playing great, so it's not like I'm super eager to bet against him. But if the Eagles keep playing this well, uh, there's a chance that you look at some of those games at the end of the season there, especially like the last week against Dallas, maybe that game doesn't matter. and Maybe Carson Wentz doesn't even play. That would be awesome. Maybe Nick Foles gets the start. So that could kind of hurt his stats there. That's something I think about. I think 34 is, is probably a good number where it will end up at most there. So I'm going to take the under, and I know people probably don't want to hear that. But I think 34 touchdowns for Carson Wentz would still be a very, very good season there. And, hey, if I'm wrong, the Eagles are going to be in really good shape. So we'll see how that one goes. Now, number two, our guy Mac Hollins. Mac Hollins, who apparently I jinxed it because I said every time Carson Wentz throws him the ball, something good happens. And then, of course, Mac Hollins breaks off his route, and Carson Wentz throws an interception, and then the 49ers go on to score their only touchdown of the day against our beloved Bird's so, I kind of jinxed things there. Sorry, everyone. Of course, obviously, you know, my tweets have the power to do this. So, um, that's unfortunate. But three receiving touchdowns is the number Stephen Lee is setting for over under uh, on Mac Hollins touchdowns this year. And there are eight games left, and Mac Hollins only has one. So, it's not like a guarantee that he's going to get these opportunities to get these touchdowns. And I think it's going to be hard for him to get four if I'm taking the over there. But I will say that Mac Hollins is probably going to get more playing time here. I think he played, if I'm not mistaken, I have to go back and check uh, more often than usual with the snaps against the 49ers. So he's getting that playing time. I think this is what I saw. I saw Torrey Smith played a career, or at least a season low, rather, low in snaps. So the opportunities will be there for Mac Hollins to score more. I don't think he gets over three touchdowns this season I think that's a lot to ask I think he has at least one more I think maybe again this is a situation where these are really good over-unders by Stephen Lee because I think he gets to three at max but I just I don't I think four is a lot to ask for a guy who he's not a guy Mac Collins isn't a guy who gets volume targets you know Jordan Matthews is a guy who gets volume targets Mac Collins isn't that guy he's a big play guy that's something to keep in mind, and he could get those touchdowns, but I just don't know if I feel comfortable with the kind of targets he's getting that I can just easily say he's going to get three touchdowns receiving. So I'm going to take the under in that as well. And Will I make it a clean sleep with the under? Because number three is Philadelphia Eagles Pro Bowl players, and then the over-under set at four. I think this act, this one should be easy. Because I think you look at Carson Wentz, I think you look at Zach Ertz, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox. I think those. I think you have four Pro Bowlers right there, and then you could really say Lane Johnson. I think the fact that you know the, the tackle position, there's probably going to be a lot of love for left tackles that might hurt him, but I think he should be in the consideration there. Uh, there's probably other guys that I'm just not thinking off the top of my head. I mean, you could. I think Timmy Jernigan. Won't get in, but I think you could you know, make a case for him. Jason Peters, if he was healthy, he would absolutely be in. Darren Sproles, again, if he was healthy, a case to be in, but didn't play enough, so probably just won't be there. But I think the Eagles have at least four Pro Bowl players, or they should, so I think this is an easy call here for the over there. And hopefully the answer to that question in reality is that the Eagles have zero players playing in the pro bowl because we want the eagles players playing in the super bowl the big game that matters at the end of the season the final game not the one that is before the super bowl and no one actually cares about and no one really watches so uh hopefully that's the case the eagles are 7-1 they're on the right path here they're on the right track they're doing well there are again there are things to clean up but um i feel like Things are going good, and it'll be interesting to see how the trade deadline is handled. There are less than 24 hours as I'm recording this once again until that happens, so we'll see how that goes. I'm sure Uh, tomorrow's BGN Radio Daily ideally will be after the deadline so we can figure out what happened, if they did make a move, if they didn't make a move. Maybe they tried to make a move, and that gets out there, and we'll kind of see what that means. Because if you think back to last year's deadline... The Eagles wanted to trade for Torrey Smith, apparently, and there was interest in Alshon Jeffrey, too, but they couldn't get a deal done, and guess what? They signed those guys in free agency. So maybe even if the Eagles don't get one of their players they're targeting at the deadline, maybe it's a situation where they try to go after them in the off season. Who knows? But for now, uh, stay tuned for the rest of the BGN Radio Daily episodes this week. should be having some good content, as always. Uh, check out BleedingGreenNation.com. Check out BGNRadio.com. Make sure you give us five-star ratings and reviews. So that's two separate things there. you know, Give uh, the rating, click five stars, and then leave us a review. Tell us what you do like, what you don't like about me, about us, about the podcast. We appreciate your feedback. We want to make this the best possible podcast you can possibly listen to. So we appreciate hearing from you guys. It means a lot. Uh, if you want to check out our bonus content at BGN Radio, again, that's BGN, or sorry, that's Patreon.com slash BGN Radio, and you can check out all the extra fun episodes and bonus content that we have going on over there, in addition to what we already do on our regular podcast feed, so give that a, check it out, see if you like it or not. Uh, I'm Brandon Lee Gouton and this has been Eagles Afternoon QB with BLG. It's been a pleasure. And I will be talking to you next week and hopefully it is after another Eagles win and hopefully the Eagles will be eight and one and it'll all be well and good. All right. See you everyone until next time. Take it easy.